The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, what a weekend of college football it was. We've got huge storylines to break down on this roundup episode of Punt and Pass. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13. Where to begin? Where to begin? Aaron Murray to a tongue of Iloa out for the season. Alabama loses their star quarterback to a dislocated hip. That was a nasty mm. injury. We will break that down. Georgia wraps up the SEC East. They beat Auburn on the road 21 to 14 to get their third top 10 victory. In the college football playoff rankings, Clemson rolls Wake Forest. The Pac-12 starting to buck their head. Minnesota drops. They're no longer undefeated. And probably the game of the weekend, Baylor and Oklahoma. The uh, the terrible 28-3 lead that most Atlanta and Southeastern football fans are well aware of. Baylor got caught in the trap. Oklahoma storms back and wins 34 to 31. You tell me, Aaron, where do we start? I think we should just break down the Tua thing first because Alabama is looking like their season just got flipped on its head with just a couple weeks to go. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the committee takes this now on Tuesday night and where they rank Alabama. Do they drop uh, a little bit further down because of the thought of, okay, you lost your best player. You lost a guy that had a chance to be in New York, first-round draft pick, all that sort of stuff. And then for Tua – does this now put into consideration him staying possibly for another year? So there's a lot of questions that are going to be answered and, and need to be answered. And I'm interested to see, cause I, I don't know if this we will go back to the draft thing real quick. I don't know if this causes Tua to stay for his senior year or not. If I'm him, I'm still going, I'm still going to draft chance of being a first round pick. It's, it's hard to pass that up, but for, for Alabama, we just saw Auburn and that singy defense the other day versus Georgia. Yeah. That's going to be a tough football game without your star quarterback here in two weeks. I know uh, Jones looked pretty good in his little mop of duty versus uh, who is it? Arkansas, but Arkansas yeah. is not Auburn. Arkansas is not Auburn on the road. So it's going to be tough. Like I said, I'm interested to see what the committee does on Tuesday night and where Alabama ranks here in the third week of the, the, the college football playoff rankings. But that's, people want to blame Saban for not taking him out. Yeah, I was about to ask but you that. I also think as a quarterback, you have to know it was what 35 to three at the time. 
whatever it was, 35-7. I mean, they're just blowing them out. Throw the ball away. It, I, it, I agree you're, with you. You're, you're out of the pocket. Blame the coach all you want, but you have to take some responsibility as a player too and understand that, listen, like I said, game's out of control. We're going to win this thing. I'm out of the pocket. I'm flush. Just get rid of the ball now. Don't take a hit. There's no point. I know that's that's to his personality. I know that's part of his game, making all these crazy throws on the run, being a magician in the pocket. But um, you got to know when and when not to do it. You're not playing LSU down, you know, 21 points, 20 points, 14 points. You're you're up big, going to win this football game. Throw it out of the way, throw the ball away, and just save the hit because you know you're already banged up a little bit. Yeah, uh, they were up 35-7 to at the time. They beat Mississippi State this weekend in Stark Vegas, 38-7. to And I was really surprised at Nick Saban's interview right before halftime. I thought he was going to be very upset. I thought you were going to get your classic Coach Saban angry moment, just lost to a tongue of Iloa. But he was sad. I mean, he was extremely raw in the moment, and he goes, look, I mean, we're up 35-7. to There's four minutes left in the second quarter. We're going to put two in there, have him run two-minute drill for practice, work some stuff out on tape, and then take him out. Like, that was the plan the whole time. And he said, you know, I don't worry about players getting injured. And I think that's the right quote. I had people texting me, I can't believe Saban would say that. Any coach would say that. You don't yep. coach to not get players injured. To your point, Aaron, which I 100% agree, throw the ball away. I mean, what was he thinking taking that hit with two guys driving him into the ground? It was a freaky injury, too. I mean, his face was bleeding. His nose was bleeding. You didn't really know what had happened. He was down on the ground writhing in pain, and then it comes out that he had dislocated his hip. Uh, he's got a posterior wall fracture, supposed to have surgery today. In Houston, and man, I tell you what, I wonder what his draft process will be with a broken hip. I mean, look, this is November. It's mid-November. He ain't going to be ready to rock and roll next year, next April in a minicamp, or next April in OTAs in the NFL. I don't think so. You know, you make a great point. Is he going to stay now? Will he continue to get healthy? Uh, Will they talk about how much money he's losing by not going to the NFL? I don't know, but it's just a shitty situation for Alabama. I feel terrible for Tua because that's just no fun. And I have to say one thing. On our show we do on Monday nights called Campus Lore Live, last week you were giving me hell for saying that I didn't think Tua was going to be in New York at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. That might have that well, might have no, come I true. You, I was giving you hell because you were saying Trevor Lawrence would be over Tua. Yeah, and he might now, but um, Tua. No, look, Trevor before Lawrence he brought. went down, fourteen of eighteen, two fifty six, and two touchdowns. Yeah, it thing. just it just sucks. So hopefully Tua gets better soon. Remains to be seen what happens tomorrow night. The third rendition of the college football playoff rankings will come out, and obviously we'll see where Alabama goes. I think the biggest thing will be Oregon and Utah both whooping up on their competition this past Mm -hmm. weekend, and obviously Alabama will not be in the SEC championship game against Georgia. That will be LSU, and uh, it does not seem like they're going to have a lot of firepower going into Auburn. All right, let's talk about Georgia. Georgia wraps up the SEC East. They go on the road. Hostile. Jordan Hare Stadium get up to a 21 to nothing lead against Auburn. Really, it was all dogs for three quarters, controlling the ball, running the football. You know, we'll talk about the play calling here in a second, but then in the fourth quarter, up 21 nothing, they were doing so well on defense here and playing aggressive, getting in Bo Nix's face, not giving him any opportunities to throw the ball downfield. 
they went into like what I thought was a soft zone, almost yeah, like a, a prevent defense. Yeah. And you're going, what the hell's going on? Auburn gets live, scores two touchdowns. And, of course, every Georgia fan's watching with their eyes half-closed as Auburn had the ball late. It was fourth and ten in their own territory. Georgia gets a sack and ends the game. But Georgia, third straight-year SEC East champs, the first time that the SEC East has been won in three consecutive years since Steve Spurrier's Florida days with Danny Warfel. So a great accomplishment for Kirby Smart and the Dogs. A huge win. They'll probably stay at number four in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, listen, it's it, it might not have been the sexiest win in the world. Jake Fromm might not have been his most accurate. But listen, a win is a win. And, and you and I both know that place is tough to play, especially oh, yeah. when, with that good of a defense. It's loud. It's it's. I mean, those guys are moving. That That is one of the best if not the best defense in the country. So you escape out with a win there and you win the East, man, you, you, you're on that plane ride celebrating. You're celebrating the locker room. It was funny. actually, as we're doing this, Ron Corson's been texting me. Really? And he's, and he said, you know, and I've, I've I probably had, had athletic trainer people. at university of Georgia. Yeah. So I've had probably like 30 people text me since the game. Like, Oh, you know, we're at the game right now. And every third down, they're showing clips of 2010. You get your freaking really? bra- brains blown <laughs> off by Nick Fairley and Auburn's defense. Classic really Auburn. classy by Auburn. Yeah. So Ron texts me, he said, Hey, how's your back feeling today? They showed enough clips of you getting knocked around. I'm just making sure you weren't <laughs> feeling it. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty good, Ron. I appreciate you checking it out. But, um, that's, that, that's their defense though. And, and, and they came to play, obviously Bo Nix had his moments, um, I'm sure if you're an Auburn fan, you're like, man, that little bootleg, the half rollout where the running back sneaks into the flat on that fourth and one, it just an easy pass. And then you just try to aim it. You try to pinpoint it and you throw it behind the running back incompletion right there. Little plays like that, that he's going to grow up from. But for Georgia, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's fine ways to win offensively. Just make enough plays and, and don't turn the ball over. Yeah. That's, that's going to be, this is, this is the recipe for Georgia, man. It's going to be like this every single week going forward. I don't think A&M is going to be any different this weekend because that's not a bad defense. It's going to be survive, survive, survive. Don't turn the ball over. And it's going to be a good – it's going to be a four-quarter football game, which at the end of the day, if you're a fan, are you that mad about it? Because, like, I mean, you could turn it the other way around and be like Alabama and LSU and the game's over at the beginning of the third quarter. People are going home. People yep. tune off their TV. At least you get to watch good – four quarters of football. So like pick what you want. Do you want to watch a half or do you want to watch four quarters? I would rather watch four quarters. So I'm fine with the way they're winning right now. All right. I need to ask you about the play calling because look, offense did what they needed to do. But at times the play calling is just so unimaginative in the sense that it's this, and I am all for running the football and establishing the ground game. Deandre Swift had 106 yards. That's what you need. If Georgia has a 100 yard rusher, they're most likely going to win the game. But run, run, and then Jake go make a play is not really ideal, especially against Auburn, where they can lock you down with man coverage on the outsides and they have a hellacious front four on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Georgia's offensive line played great, but putting Jake in those situations is not going to make him look good, and it's not going to make the fans happy, and it's not going to be successful on the field. Whenever Georgia threw the ball on first down in their drives, whether it be a screen, or just an intermediate throw with an angle route to the back, or a flat route. I mean, it opened up the rest of the play calling for that said drive. I think if you just mix it up a little bit, Aaron, and have these defensive players wonder 
just a little bit, oh shit, maybe they're not about to run the ball right up the gut on first down and then do a you know off-tackle draw play on second down and then Jake's going to have to go make a play on third and six or third and eight. I mean, was I seeing something different or was that not exactly what was helping this offense move the chains? But then uh, the issue is then if you say you come up at first down and 10 and, and you play action pass and then you miss your shot. Yeah, you're second and it's second and oh, 10. I know, and you're I like, know. You're like, oh, man. I mean, this is this is the goal is to just let's get to third and manageable. And, and hopefully Jake Fromm is a good enough quarterback and accurate enough quarterback that if we're third and four to seven and that we have a chance to convert. For sure. But we don't want we don't want to be third and eight plus. Cause like you said, if you go first and 10 and you have an incompletion second down, you get a one, two yard run or stuffed or whatever it is. And you're third and long with those receivers at the moment, then you're feeling really, really bad about yourself. At least put yourself in a third and manageable where like I said, Jake's accurate enough. The receivers can get up maybe just a hair bit of separation when they don't have to run longer routes. It could be a quick slant. It could be a quick out route when Jake is good at throwing those out routes. It doesn't have to be a deep dagger, comeback, a post, a corner, whatever it is. So it opens up the playbook a little bit more that third, third, third down calling. So I don't hate it because your best players are your your offensive line and your running back. Mm-hmm. So who, at the end of the day, everyone knows what's going to happen. You just got to be better, be better at the offensive line, be better at running back, and and hope Jake can then kind of pick apart the defense and understand where what any we've seen this since his freshman year where the soft side is and check the run to the soft side to be able to get a couple extra yards. So this is who they are. They're not going to change. So you, we can bitch and moan all we want about this offense and how, you know, unimaginative they are, how ugly it is, how boring it is to watch. But at the end of the day, they win the Auburn. They won. They're nine and one. Yes. They won the East. So, I'm not I'm whatever, man, just keep winning. I just want it to be easier on these guys to have success. It's clearly working. I, I just want to not put them in such pressure situations on third and manage. I don't think I don't think we I don't think yeah. we have the dudes on the outside to make it happen. Yeah. We just don't. That's the problem. If you don't you can want to do this and all this other stuff. But, you know, if you if you don't have playmakers that can win one on one battles consistently as a play caller, why should I feel confident to show up on first and 10 and say, let's take a shot? Yep. When I know in my back pocket, at least I can get three yards running yep. the football. I agree. You and know, get the second victories. and seven and three small victories, man. You just don't feel good. It's like if you line up at receiver, Drew, why the hell am I going to call a go ball? It's just not happening with you yeah, out there. I guess it's you don't the want to score, right bro. Now. I guess you don't There's want to score. It's just the same thing right there. All right, so my player of the game, and then I'm going to be that guy and just say one thing that should probably make a little bit uh, Georgia fans kind of shake their heads a good bit. But my player of the game, undoubtedly, punter Jake Camarda. I mean, Jake had a phenomenal day, 11 punts, 50.7 average. He had a net average of 45 yards, four punts inside the 20. Six punts of 50-plus yards, only one touchback. Jake had a phenomenal day, really helped Georgia maintain and flip field position all game long, which was extremely needed against that Auburn team whose offense was not exactly explosive. And then can I be that guy real quick, Aaron? Yep. If Georgia would have not lost to South Carolina, they'd be 10-0 and right now probably sitting there number three or four or whatever in the college football playoff rankings, but having to go against LSU in the SEC championship game saying, if we're just competitive, we've got a pretty good shot to make the playoff. They lost to South Carolina at home. 
four turnovers, two missed field goals, double overtime. It just sucks. But I was thinking about that, and I'm going, man, I know things happen for whatever reason, but Georgia fans got to be sitting there saying, would have been sweet heading into Atlanta undefeated. I don't think Texas A&M is the biggest threat this weekend, and then Georgia Tech. I mean, I might put the remaining principal balance on my house that the dogs cover that football game. Uh, a has been playing better, though. Let's okay. not sleep on a And you just got done. Let's not forget you got done with a, a very physical game versus Auburn on the road. That was a a true SEC defensive battle, worn out, exhausted, like I said, on the road. And now you have to come home. At least you're, on, you're home now. But this A&M team, 7-3, they're no slouch. Yeah. And they've really picked it up uh, pretty much the second part of the season. I don't want to kind of break it down too much right now. But – Kellen Mond's playing better. The offense is playing better. They have a great defense and defensive coordinator. So they've won four of their last five games and five of their last six. So and against no sausage too. Mississippi State. Actually, now they have been being some pretty bad teams. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> South Carolina is not good. 30 to six. So, but they're winning games. They're a confident bunch right now. And the confident bunch heading out on the road is a good thing for them. So um, it's, I think it's going to be a good game this weekend, honestly. And, and once again, Georgia's not built to just blow anyone out. If it's a if it's a decent to good opponent, the game is going to be close. So, and then that's like I said, that's just who their identity is. No, you're totally right. You are totally right. All right, let's start wrapping this thing up. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to do some word association here. Give me a couple of your thoughts. Minnesota loses to Iowa, 19 to 23. Gets off to a horrible start. Iowa leads 13 nothing after the first quarter. Minnesota turned the ball over once. I mean, if you look at the stats, Minnesota had over 400 total yards. Iowa only had 290. They beat them in pretty much every single statistic but could not come out with a win. They're going to have to beat Wisconsin in two weeks and then probably play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Is the row the boat fever over? I'm still in the boat rowing as hard as I can, but I just don't see how Minnesota can beat Ohio State. Do you? I don't see how anyone could beat Ohio State. Wow. And, and I'll, I'll say it every single week. The only team right now in my mind that could beat Ohio State is Clemson. Yep. I think Clemson and Ohio State, the two best teams in all of college football. Now, Clemson's rolling. Yeah. I mean, they embarrass Wake Forest. I know it's Wake Forest, but Wake Forest has played pretty damn good this year. No, they and have. They didn't just beat 52 I mean, to 3, dude. They beat them like their little brother. Yeah, just that was... down, down, <laughs> down. So. No, if you're Minnesota, you're still, I would say, in control of your own destiny. So I think those dudes, the message is, listen, we lost on the road against a good Iowa team. Keep on rowing, boys, because we got Wisconsin at home at the end of the season. And if we go 11-1 and then somehow miraculously find a way to beat Ohio State, I think you make a great case to be into or get get yourself into the college football playoffs. I mean, you have a, you have a win against the number four team in the country, against Penn State. If you beat Ohio State, that's the number two team in the country, I would put Minnesota in. So I think that's the message to them yeah. from P.J. Fleck this week is, boys, we are still in this. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I believe, too, I, I, I think if they can make it happen, I would put them in. I, I, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. But as a coach, you got to find any way to get those guys excited to come out after a tough loss like that first loss of the season. But they've been playing great defensively. Offensively, they've surprised me. Um, so I think they'll be fine. All right. What about this Oklahoma Baylor game? Baylor was oh, up 28 Baylor, on, to three, baby. 11 minutes left in the second quarter. I mean, they came out guns blazing. Waco was on fire 
and then Jalen Hurts just absolutely takes over. They win this game in regulation, Oklahoma does. 34 to 31. Jalen Hurts had 297 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's the classic Jalen Hurts stuff. He also had 27 carries for 114 yards. He rolls out to the right when the pocket breaks down. He hopefully finds an open receiver, and if he doesn't, he tucks the ball and gets 10-plus yards. That's what Jalen Hurts does. It's so hard to stop. Oklahoma wins this game. Baylor's dream season comes to an end. Oklahoma very, very much still alive in the college football playoff picture. Having been number 10, they will certainly move up in the rankings this week. Well, and they'll probably play Baylor once again in a a few weeks. So Baylor's going to have a chance to get their their – revenge on them because right now at the moment in conference Oklahoma six and one Baylor six and one next best team is four and three so Baylor would have to lose their next couple uh I think I would believe for Oklahoma State they to have jump to play in. Texas Baylor has to play Texas still Texas and Kansas, and Kansas Texas yeah. and Kansas so Baylor it's we're gonna get this rematch it's gonna happen uh because Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State to finish the season off so yeah I'm, I'm with you I think big 12 in Oklahoma right now are, I would still put Oregon in above Oklahoma based on the eyeball test right now. And, and you just watch Oklahoma and, and, and how they struggled this week. Obviously, their loss to Kansas State. It's just that defense, man. I really thought they were going to turn the corner. And they played a great second half, but I really thought they were going to turn the corner this year and just played more consistent on that yeah. side. But this was a big win for them. It's a big win for Jalen. I think that was a Heisman-esque moment that can now once again get him into the conversation of getting to New York, not winning it, yeah. but getting him to New York and being one of those top three guys for that award. All right, you you mentioned Oregon. That's where I was heading next. Oregon beats Arizona 34-6 to at home. Utah also beat UCLA 49-3. That's going to be a great the game, The worst man. thing for Oregon was Auburn losing, and I still don't think Auburn can beat Alabama, even Alabama not having to a ton of Iloa. That could be a four-loss Auburn team, and that will be Oregon's only loss. Oregon obviously led the entire game against Auburn opening weekend of the season on that neutral field in Dallas, but they lost, and that Pac-12 championship game is going to opening be weekend. fantastic. I don't know what's going to happen opening here. Weekend. It's going to be between the Big 12 – and the Pac-12, and then something is going to have to happen in between to make one of those teams get in, I think. Tell me what your thoughts are on the Pac-12, and then I want to ask you about LSU before we get out of here. I would put I would put the Pac-12 in right now, and, and really? not just because of, the, not because of the conference. I just think Oregon— At the end of the season, obviously, not tonight, or not tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Oregon, to me, is just a better football team than Oklahoma right now. They play complete football offensively. Yep. And defensively, I just think they're really, really talented. And I remember watching that that Auburn game, and they should have they should have smoked Auburn. And and I still think, regardless if, if Auburn loses to Alabama, I think one, it's going to be a closer game. Obviously, with two out right now, I think even if Auburn loses, it's going to be a one score game. And Auburn, I'm, I'm not putting it past Auburn not to win that football game at home with a backup quarterback for no Alabama. Offense. We'll see what. It, I know they don't, but Alabama has no defense either, so that's a, that's a positive for them. Justin Herbert was it. twenty of twenty-eight, three hundred and thirty-three yards. Dude, Oregon, I'm putting Oregon in. Would you put? Would you put Oklahoma? I would. No, put I would. Oregon I'm, right I'm with you 100. Oregon is a and more the committee has made the, the, the committee yes. made the decision. I yes. think Oregon is in front of uh, Oklahoma right now, so I think that decision has been made. That even Utah's ahead of Oklahoma. They've said that whoever wins that yep. game yep. would be ahead of Oklahoma, and 100%. I agree with them. 100%. All right. Uh, I agree with you there. It's going to be a fascinating finish in the Pac 12 and the Big 12. I cannot wait Does to it see make what a happens difference? in the next couple Does weeks. Does it make a difference if it's Utah or Oregon? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It better be so Oregon because Utah does yeah. not have the brand equity. And I keep saying yeah. brand equity, but the committee does not want Utah to be no, in the I'm college football playoff. And Rob Mullins, the chairman of the college football playoff committee, is the athletic director at Oregon. And don't give me that stupid shit about, oh, he has to recuse himself when Oregon is talked about in the room. Okay. Yeah. He's out of the room. Give me a break. You better believe the Ducks are getting preferential treatment, and they should be because they've been playing pretty good football. One last scene to talk about. LSU heads into Oxford. LSU does not have a defense, but they have an offense that are absolute world beaters. They win 58-37. to Vegas is so scarily good at what they do. It's just ridiculous. LSU is a 21-point favorite. This game pushes because they win by 21. Your boy Joey Burrow, 32-42. 489 yards and five touchdowns. You better be happy this dude didn't play for four years at LSU because he would have blown your shit out of the water in the record books. Joe Brady (laughs) needs to be a head coach. I know. Right now. This is incredible to me. So I I need to watch this game today on film uh, just because I I love watching Joe Burrow. But you've got to be – every time I pull up my phone on Saturday afternoon, I'm scrolling through through scores – 14, 17, LSU, 13, 14. You, you, see LSU, you see LSU with 58 points. I'm just like, God, like you're just not used to seeing it, man. To have that transformation in one year, Joe Brady needs to be scooped up yeah, as a head dude. coach by USC. Someone big. This dude is, I'm telling you, he is ready. He is the sexiest thing wow. on the market right now. Scoop his ass up. Okay, Ole Miss had 614 total yards. LSU had 714 total yards. LSU turned the ball over twice. How about John Rice Plumley though? I mean, John Rice Plumley, 21 carries, 212 yards and four touchdowns. Remember, this kid was committed to Georgia and then switched at the last minute and went to Ole Miss. On the passing side of the ball, though, 9-16, 123 yards. And an interception. Look, my question is this. LSU is going to go undefeated. They're going to kick Arkansas's ass, and then I don't even know who they play this upcoming week. Um, Let me look that up real quick. But they're winning two more games. They will be in Atlanta. Arkansas and Texas A&M. They will be in Atlanta undefeated. This is a strengths versus weakness type game in Atlanta. I think if we talk about it enough, Georgia fans will find themselves a bit more optimistic than if they were playing anybody else. But it's simple as this. LSU's defense is not that good. Georgia's defense is really good. LSU's offense is really good. Georgia's offense, not much to be desired there. They need to run the football. They can't turn the ball over. It's going to be uh, a great game. Other way around, too. Yeah, Yeah. give me an awesome game. So we'll see what, 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 what. What wins championships in 2019? Yeah, I is hope it the it's offense defense. or defense? Yeah, I mean, For so be... long as a defense wins championships, well, if you're if defense wins championship, then Georgia should win that football game. Yeah, yeah, that remains. So to we'll be find seen. out. Absolutely. We will find out. I was uh, three and one against the spread, punt, pass, and pick last week. Aaron, you were two and two. We throw our pushes out. We both push that LSU game. I'm 39 and 24. What about the pick of the week? What about the pick of the week? You're 33 and 30, and the lock of the week is three and oh, my man said. And I talked you out of that Oklahoma pick. You're very welcome. Appreciate that. You said under 41 in that George Auburn game, and you were correct. All right, another big week coming up. Georgia hosting Texas A&M, Ohio State against Penn State. That's probably the biggest game of the week and then what else is there i mean i know there's a couple of of pretty decent games but we will break them all down on thursday follow aaron at aaron murray 11 on twitter and instagram follow me at drew butler 13 and follow us 
at Punt and Pass. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you.